Podcasting from inside of a marketing agency, this is the Marketing Department Podcast, where we have candid ideas and curated content for the everyday marketer. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Marketing Department Podcast. We are here in my office, actually. We're working on a podcast studio, Zeke Door, and I'm here with... Eric Wilkins. You nailed it. Oh, yes. I was nervous. I've been nervous about that That's part. the first question I was tossing you, so I wanted to make sure that you felt we, good about we it. We did great. We did That's great. That's awesome. Well, today, we're talking about defining your brand. In fact, this whole month, we're going to talk about branding. We are a marketing agency, so we feel like this is a little bit our sweet spot, and we've got a lot of exciting stuff to talk about today, but the foundation of talking about branding is identifying what a brand is. Eric, what is a brand? Yeah, we're excited about this one. Defining a brand is actually crucial to being a being able to create a successful one. And so there's a lot of people that we listen to, the history of marketing, someone named David Ogilvie, he is looked at as the father of advertising. He defines brand as this, as an intangible sum of a product's attributes. Also, the dictionary of brand defines brand as a person's perception of a product, service, experience, or organization. Those are two really great explanations of what a brand is. Yeah, I feel like sometimes the word brand can be super confusing. Like, it's hard to wrap your mind around. Intangible is a great word to throw in there when defining what a brand is. Because so many people are like, well, is it a logo? Uh-huh. Or is it like, is it the assets? I mean, what what is the brand exactly? So that's, that's really good. And I'm trying to wrap your mind around it. But we're going to talk a little bit more about what a brand is. For me personally, when I think about a brand, I think about connection. Yeah. And whenever you think about connection, there's some type of emotion involved one way or another. As we were studying for this podcast and just kind of trying to identify what a brand is and what it takes to have a good brand, we thought about emotional connection. There's a certain feeling that has to take place in order for people to engage with a brand. And I like to think of the idea of not pushing your brand on your potential clients or customers, but really drawing them in. And there's an art to that. What emotion, so ask yourself, what emotion are you causing the consumer to feel by the way you've branded your business? There's a guy that I talk about every once in a while on the podcast. His name is Donald Miller. And he says, people don't buy the best products and services. They buy the ones that are communicated the clearest. I think that is so good because the foundation of that is your brand. How simple and clear is your brand. I can't stress enough, clarity and simplicity, clarity and simplicity. If someone is trying to research a company or companies for a new product or service that they need, you may lose out to your competitor and they may even be inferior to you as far as your service or products concerned. But if they did a better job communicating what they did, then you may lose to them. And that's what's so unfortunate about it is if you don't do a good job at being clear, and simple with your brand, then people aren't necessarily going to grasp it and you may lose business behind it. And so whenever you are clear and people understand what your brand does, who you are, what your services are, what your product is, they're more likely to be drawn to you instead of you having to push yourself on. Yeah, and a phrase I've, I've kind of latched onto over the years of that is just to be clear over cute. If you just want to have something, just kind of remember that. It's like just a, lots of times we try to focus on what's the most creative thing versus what's the most clear thing to do. So 
Yeah, that's good. That's good. The, so I think really the starter recipe, just kind of to sum that point up a little bit, the starter for that recipe of having a good foundation to a brand and trying to identify what emotion you want people to feel is really beginning with that idea of being clear and being simple. Yeah, and you asked the question earlier, you know, is is a brand, is it just a logo? Is it, You know, that's kind of what people often, again, we're here at a, at a marketing agency, and what people often do is call and say, hey, I need a logo. We got an email yesterday. Hey, I need a logo. And really what they're asking for without knowing it is they're, they're really needing a brand. And what we want to do is really define what that looks like. So to us, a brand is more of a personality than just a logo. Uh, it truly does need to stand alone on its own and on its own personality. Oftentimes when when businesses are in the infancy stage, they get started as a new business. It's often the personality of the business owner. We we, we went through this with, with a client one time. He came in and he's a very outgoing person. He has a big personality and his business looked like that. But he was also wanting to create a lasting brand that would outlive him. And in order to do that, he's got to figure out a way. We've got to come together to figure out a way to how do we make that a personality of its own where the business is its own personality, no matter who's managing it no matter who's running it. The way we do that is we really do that by, by three things. We do it by, first, it's the three things are personas, voice and tone, and then your logo and your design. And so we want to talk about that a little bit, but then in the future podcast this month, we're actually going to break these down and that's going to be a lot of really good information. So let's start with personas. Personas are who the person, who are the people you are trying to reach. Uh, that could include person's age, their location, their job, how much money they make, how, what, the, what are their spending habits, but really just determining what their lifestyle is like is really what you're trying to do. And so that it, once you define who you're trying to reach, then you can figure out how you're going to talk to them. So I think one of the things, Eric, that you know, whenever I think about building a brand, some of us have this natural demographic or persona that we are going after. For me, you know, you've heard me talk about, if you've listened to our podcast before, that I've been in real estate. I needed to hire somebody to help me with my marketing early on, and I was going to bring somebody actually on staff and be able to partner with the marketing company as well. But the person that I wanted on staff. I wanted to fit who I was already naturally going after. What persona was I already hitting? And I wanted to use that natural momentum to go do even, an even better job. So what I was able to identify in real estate, it was the audience that I had was women 25 to 40. And so I knew, okay, if I know that women 25 to 40 are looking at my social media, they're my primary clientele, then I want to go hire somebody who's going to be able to capitalize on that a little bit more. So I hired somebody who was in that age range, who I thought maybe knew what was cool and ran with it because I knew that was the persona that I was going after. Now, if you need to be intentional about going to get somebody else, that's a whole different philosophy. But right. I decided to capitalize on that natural momentum. And so there's different ways of going about it. If you identify a new audience, a new persona, a new demographic and going after them, then that's possible as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't wait to break down each one of these in a couple of weeks. It really is going to be a lot, a, a lot of help. It helped us when we we finally decided like, okay, who who are we trying to target here? It was a big deal. So the next thing is something that probably the most passionate about about these is the voice and tone of the business. And so the voice and the, the foundation of everything we write and produce is the voice and tone. That's what, that's what the voice and tone definition would be. And so what's the difference? This is kind of one of those things that it's often hard to explain. Like, what do you mean by voice and tone? What is How does that come out in a, in a business? And so if you think of it this way, you have the same voice all the time, but your tone changes depending on your circumstance. So your That's voice... Good. 
stays the same. No matter no matter how you talk, it, it's kind of like this is who we are. This is how how we sound. But then you might use you know one tone when you're hanging out in the backyard with your with your good buddies, smoking a cigar, having a drink or something. You may talk one way that way. Your tone might be one way, but you may you know go and talk to your boss in a completely different tone, but your voice is the same. So your, your tone tends to change depending on the emotional state of the person you're addressing as well. So you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't want to talk with the same tone of voice to someone who's scared or upset about something as you would to someone who's laughing. So, so really defining what that is, is really important. And then last on these three is going to be your actual design. Tend, the tendency is to run straight to, again, like the person calling us yesterday, Hey, I need a logo. Well, it's it's really it's it, the first thing we run to because it's something that is tangible. It's like I can see it and that's the thing I'm going to put on stuff and so I need this design to look like this thing when really you want to define who you're trying to reach, how you're going to communicate in reaching them and then you're going to design it based on that because if you, you know, you we'll talk about this a little bit later, but if you're trying to establish your audience to be something for for men or for women specifically, then and, you know, how you target those people is going to look completely different. So your your logo and your design and your colors may need to change based on that. That's good. I love the idea of being so intentional. That's one of my favorite words in the world. And when you brand, you have to be intentional and you have to think about all of these things. And one of those things that you mentioned just a little bit ago was establishing your audience. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So establishing your audience, this is something that is so it, it seems so scary to people sometimes, it, it, and it is scary when you're when you're starting a business. If if y'all are actual business owners listening out there, when you start a business, you're selling a product or a service. The last thing you want to do is cut your audience in half. That's the feeling we have anyway. It, it's it's scary to do that to say I'm going to target these certain people, and so when you do that, your audience gets cut in half, which makes it feel like you're not going to be able to sell as much product. However, it's actually the opposite because, you know, clarity on what it, who you're trying to reach on what the product is will actually help you make quick and wise decisions. So I love the quote that says, if you know who you are, then you know what to do. So the same thing goes for establishing your audience. Like if you know, if you know who your audience is, then you know how to talk to them, how to sell, how to communicate what they're what they're wanting. And so it'll help you know what to do. Yeah, that's really good. There's one of the one of my favorite churches to follow from a leadership perspective. Also, just an incredible pastor is Life Church and Craig Rochelle. He's so intentional with his vision. He he doesn't waver. I love the fact that no matter what times we're in, he always sticks to the vision. He may have to pivot the way that he gets to that vision based off of where we are in the world. Right. But without a doubt, he's always going after the same thing. Talk about Life Church a little bit. Yeah, so Life Church, I actually attend Life Church right now and so in the season. And so one of the things that they say, and you see this all over the building, no matter what campus you go to, they have these signs. And one of the signs says, we will do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Christ. To reach people no one is reaching, we will have to do things that no one is doing. And the reason that is so important is because if you, if any of you listening have, have been in the church world or just any, even gone to church, you know, there's different types of churches. It takes all types of churches to reach all types of people. And, and I believe that. But knowing who you are as a church is really important because there may be a church that says, hey, this is this is our group of people and we are going to do everything we can to pour into these people that are here. And, and that's 
that's what we're doing. And then there's another church that says we are going to do everything we can to get new people into this building to to get in a relationship with Jesus. And so that's what Life Church does, and they have defined it as we are going to do anything short of sin to do that. So whatever that takes, whatever the cost is, we're going to make that happen. Yeah, he's so dead set on that goal, so dead set on that discipline of reaching people. And for him, personally, it's because he feels like from the Lord, he said, we're going to go after the lost. And so he's not going to waver again. The idea, uh, the strategy may pivot, but in the end, he's going after the lost no matter what. I love that about Life Church. The second thing I would say, as far as whenever you're identifying who you want to be for your brand, you've got to also establish your standards of quality. You know, it's really important to figure out what that's going to be because whenever you're putting your brand together or yeah, just building your brand, you've got to decide this is who we're going to be. This is our standard of quality. And again, we won't waver from it. And so I think about one of my favorite restaurants here in Granbury is called 1890. They do an incredible steak. They're on the square. It's an expensive place to eat, but they've got this standard of quality that is through the roof as they should because of how expensive it is. So good. And so I absolutely love that place. But whenever I go into 1890, I expect a different quality than what I do when I drive through McDonald's and get a Big Mac like I did yesterday. Don't judge me. You're getting all the judgment from me, for sure. All the judgments there. So they've decided, 1890s decided, this is what our minimum standard will be for quality. And so, and McDonald's has decided they want to reach or cast a wider net mm-hmm. to say, this is our standard of quality, which isn't as much, but it's affordable. So it's what people expect. Well, it's meeting expectations based off of what the standard of quality is. And so uh, establish your standard of quality whenever you're establishing your brand. You want to know this is who we are, and so you're going to be able to build your brand around that. The other example that I think of is, again, forgive me for using real estate analogy time and time again, but it's it's the world that I know. Whenever I first got into real estate, I wanted to be our little town's Granberry, Granberry's luxury agent. And so everything that I said had to do with luxury. And I hadn't sold a dang thing yet, but I wanted to be Granberry's luxury agent. So I knew that because of that, the pictures that I took had to stand out. Anything that I put out in front of people absolutely had to look better than anything else. Because when you're dealing uh, with a luxury agent, you better be dealing with somebody who knows what they're doing. And that is completely different than someone who focuses on a business for the first time home buyer. You know, you, your verbiage is different. Everything looks different whenever you're trying to be Granberry's luxury agent or Granberry's first time home buyer's agent. And so the standard of quality looks completely different for me. I had to step up my game drastically to be able to show that I truly can be Granberry's luxury agent. And there's a couple of other examples, Eric, that I'm kind of excited for you to talk about a little bit. Yeah, me too, bud. Brands like Dollar Shave Club, for instance. If, if you haven't heard of that, Dollar Shave Club is came out a few years back, and basically it is a shaving line that is designed and built for men. Now, the thing about razors is everybody shaves, men and women, but Dollar Shave Club has really focused on on a single target audience, a single persona, and they have gone after that in a way that is 
the standard of quality that they're going for has to do with several things. They know that their audience is men. So because their audience is men, then they have a certain standard of quality that they feel like they can get by in a certain way when it has to do with men and their in the branding and their marketing. The other one, the counterpart to that would be Venus. Venus, that's you see the come on, you know the song. Go ahead. I don't know the song. I'm your Venus. Uh, anyway, yours, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, so you knew yeah. it. But their whole thing is targeting women. And so everything, you know, being that's those are two great examples of they could have just said, we're a razor company and just had generic branding that could be men or women. But because they've tied into knowing who their personas are, determining their voice and tone, then doing their branding based on those. And, and you know, Dollar Shave Club, they actually started with a, with a video. And it's one of it's a funny video. They're one of the first ones to do these funny videos on YouTube, actually, to get their brand out there. And they literally, they sold so many things because of this video. If you have a chance, go look it up, Dollar Shave Club, first video on YouTube. And they sold so many, pro- so much product on that first video because they knew their target. They were snarky in their video. They probably, inappro- I would say inappropriate, uh, especially for the time that it came out. But they knew that they were targeting men and they did it on YouTube where they could actually target men. So it was, it was a way that their product blew up and is, you know, one of the best, biggest shave brand names in the world right now. Yep, that's good. I think identi- they did do a great job at identifying what they wanted to do. I mean, a lot of times you can try to cast a wide net, which is what we've touched on a little bit, but it can be a little bit dangerous because you will spread yourself too thin. So for those two companies, I mean, both men and women need razors, right? Right. But they decided to go after men and both men and women need shaving cream, right? Well, Venus decided to go after shape, uh, go after women. And so what's interesting to me is they decided to focus on one thing, specifically one gender, and to run with it. And because they did that, they didn't spread themselves too thin. And they look like the experts in that field because of how they decided to do things. And with both of them, they both have a standard of quality, whereas, you know, there's other razors for men, other brands, other, you know, Harry's is one. There's, There's all kinds of different brands. And each one of those has a standard of quality. Where Dollar Shave Club, they're literally saying dollar. They're saying like, hey, we're cheap. We're like, get... You know, come use us. Whereas there's other ones are like, we're high end and and our standard of quality is different. And so really narrowing down and focusing who you're going to be is so important. And I cannot stress enough um, how important it is to build this foundation. Don't just start with a logo. Don't just dive in and, and say that, okay, I got a logo. So now I'm ready to get my brand out there. Spend the time up front because your logo may change over time. If you look at any major brand, their logos have changed over time. But the thing that has not changed is the brand and who they're who they're trying to reach and how they're trying to reach those people. Yeah, that's really good. So we want to remind you that we're going to get practical about these things. We're going to get practical about talking personas, voice and tone, logo, fonts, and colors. We're actually hoping in this next month to actually talk to some of our team who specialize in these specific things, talk about branding a little bit, talk about what they do to help build a brand, to help dream for a brand, and to give you some ideas for what you could be doing for your business in order to build a great brand. We also hope to talk to some of our clients who are maybe going through a rebrand right now or trying to even a new name. 
I mean, it's going to be completely different. And so we want to invite you guys back to our podcast over this next month. I'm personally excited about this topic. Branding in general is exciting to me. I mean, Absolutely. We work at a marketing agency. Absolutely. And so getting to do, uh, getting to talk about this is going to be really special. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And if you want to take a, an extra look into this stuff until the next podcast comes out where we take a deeper dive, you could simply just look at major brands, brand guides. One of my favorite is going to be Uber, literally Google Uber brand guide. And it is one of the most incredible brand guides you'll ever see. And you'll be able to see all of these things we talked about, personas, voice and tone, how they use their imagery, all those things. And, and so you can just do that with most major brands have those available online because they want all of their staff to know it, see it and be able to execute it. That's a good idea. If you want to start fresh and you don't know where your brand stands online, you can actually go to our website at greenfox.io, fill out a brand assessment sheet, and our team will get back to you. Sheet? Sheet. We'll go the sheet. I don't know. It's okay, bud. Your real estate, you, you do the paperwork. That's all the time. okay. I get it. Fill out a brand assessment and we'll get back to you so you can find out more information about where your brand stands online. And then also, if you have any ideas for the podcast, we want to invite you to email us at info at greenfox.io. Thank you guys for listening today. We'll talk to you next time. See ya. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Marketing Department Podcast. We've got a lot of exciting episodes coming up that you will not want to miss. So please subscribe, please leave us a rating, and check us out at greenfox.io.